You're listening to the Love Radio Network Worldwide. LoveRadioNetwork.com. Educational, inspirational, trending topics, and the hottest hits. With award-winning talk show host and personality. And you made us number one. Thank you. Love Radio Network. Building a network of love. Marriage can win. Join Eric and Dr. Sakisha Hylix Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern for Marriage Can Win. The Institute of Marriage is a sacred covenant not to be entered into lightly. Join us for innovative talk and everyday conversation about relationships with Eric and Dr. Sakisha Hylix on Marriage Can Win, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on LoveRadioNetwork.com. Been together, um, Dr. Keisha, I've been in the healthcare arena for almost 20 years as a pharmacist. Um, I met my husband 26 years ago at Florida A&M University. Go Rattlers! Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and we've been we've been married for 22 years. We have two adult children and two teenagers. So you know, we were that couple that you know no one really expected to be walking in the position where we are now, impacting and influencing other marriages. We both came from a, a history of divorce, and we what we found out one of the things at the beginning of our marriage we endeavored not to repeat our parents footsteps not to have the history of divorce but to find ourselves in a place where we were pretty much following in their footsteps and on the way to divorce had gone from boyfriend girlfriend to engaged to married to now roommates and almost complete strangers yes. <laughs> you see yourself kind of laying in the bed looking at somebody kind of like who are you <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was it was kind of crazy because um, we first met, like you said, in the parking lot of um, Gaither's Gym in uh, Tallahassee. I uh-huh. was actually coming from um, the library from studying, and I was getting ready to back out. And I mm-hmm. looked over and I saw this beautiful woman, and she had this AKA shirt on. I said, "Oh gosh, she's one of those stuck up uh, <laughs> sorority girls." But I was like, "Well, I'm gonna steal back up and see what I can at least talk to her." Mm-hmm. And um, so I reached out to her and, and praised Jesus that she said hello to me. <laughs> but that's only because God told me to say hello to you because I was in my feelings that day and I was about to blow you off. <laughs> that's true. So you guys can still remember the first time you mm-hmm. met. Yeah, because it was like divinely orchestrated. Yeah. I was going through a rough period in my life. So I had pretty much said I was done with the dating scene. I was done with relationships. I, I was just done, basically. And then when I heard that morning, be nice to everyone you meet today. And I'm kind of like, what's <laughs> Okay. So, you know, I kind of kept going and things happened. I was coming from class and he passed by my car and I saw him. You know, you can see somebody when they pump the brakes on their car and they start to back up. Uh-huh. And then you know what? What's the first thing I do? I'll start rolling my eyes like, what does this dude want? I'm, I'm not in the mood. You don't, you don't know what I've been through. You do not want to bother me today. Then I heard it again. Be nice to everyone you meet today. So that's the only reason I shifted was because I heard the voice. 
I didn't even know, you know, was God saying, hey, be nice to everyone you meet today. Because I was about to miss my Boaz because I was about to blow him off and just <laughs> keep going because I wasn't in the mood for it. But I thank God that I did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, because also I've been listening to a lot of, um, as they call them millennials these days, yeah. they're just like, oh, I just want to date and I want to date. Right. And then I look back and I was like, you know, I was in that stage mm-hmm. where before I met her, I was actually just dating. I, I was dating, uh, you know, they oh, say at Tallahassee, fame you, you got six, seven, eight women to one man. I was trying to get all my eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so when I met her, oh, wow, things just shifted totally. I was like, dropped yeah. everybody, and I was all about her. And she used to test me, too. You know how they say, you, you, you call somebody late at night, it was a booty call? She was trying to test to see if I had booty already over there. Oh, and she would call like 1 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, what you doing? She I'm like, nothing. She's yeah. like, hit me, let's go talk. And I said, okay. And she was surprised because she thought maybe I had some girl over there, right? Yeah. But I surprised her. I was, I was home because it was all about her. Yeah. Wow. It's just important to develop a platform of friendship before you go into anything else. And we spent a long time. I mean, literally, I was testing him. I call him 11 o'clock at night. I call him 1 o'clock in the morning. Just crazy hours. I, that, that was just me. I had been hurt, so I had my trust issues. So I just, you know, he'd come and literally, it wasn't about anything physical. It was just talking, getting to know him. I, he could come pick me up 1 o'clock in the morning. We'd go to the lake and talk. I might yeah. be there till like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, just talking at the lake. You know? So. Uh, so what work did you have to do? Because I know what happens is that a lot of single women are still stuck in the past because of they had bad relationships or even and I want you both to share about, you know, your parents and you said it was a lot of divorce. So yeah. sometimes there's like a generational thing going on there. And then when, is, when was it that you knew that, hey, I had to make a difference, I had to change, I had to give Eric a chance, I had to not roll my eyes, but <laughs> I'd be kind. What was it, what, how did you get to that point or, or you know, share the, that moment there? I think with us, we were just spending a lot of time together. And for some reason, I just had, you know, you just have that feeling that someone's going to be a part of your life and you don't know how. And we just literally, even after meeting that summer, I was in California. He was here in Florida. We were on the phone talking every day. I just enjoyed his presence. But when it started to get serious, you know, of course, we were both thinking, I think it might have been when you said, I, I love you or something. It kind of freaked me out at first. <laughs> but, you know, I there were some barriers that I had. And I would, you know, continue to test him. I'd say, well, you know, if you marry me, you stuck with me for the rest of your life. You know, just kind of to see what response he would have but I had to learn that I could not hold him accountable for things that had happened to my parents in the past and he couldn't hold me accountable to things that had happened to his parents if we were the two of us were going to get married we were going to have to create our own path because the pathway that I had witnessed the majority of my life with my mom being married and um, divorced twice. Uh, my grandfather, when he passed away at 94, was on his fourth marriage. Um, you know, on Eric's side of the family, his parents married and divorced like three times. Yeah. We didn't want to wind up in their footsteps. So we no, had no. to make changes and look at those areas. What was causing the issue? You know, Eric, I'll let him talk about the conversations he had with his dad. But just, 
you know, recognizing the dysfunction within my parents. And I, I love them to death, but, you know, recognizing how they were not happy, you know, they lived apart for years, I yeah. think for eight years, I don't know, somewhere along the lines. And then they eventually just divorced. A lot of other stuff happened. But witnessing all of that made me realize that's not what I want in a marriage. I had to do something different. So we had to begin that process to deal with the challenges as they were coming to get to the point where we are now. And all marriages are still a work in progress. We're still learning, still working on things. So, With my parents, um, you know, I did spend a lot of time with my father when I was growing up. So um, although they did get married and divorced and married and divorced again, <laughs> I do remember a lot of good times with my father growing up. Uh, so like every time he used to go to the store, he used to take me with him. He taught me how to ride motorcycles and shoot bow and all, um, um, bow, what you call the archer sets. And he took me bowling. He always spent a lot of time with me. Mm-hmm. And so I always just like, wow, you know, was really excited about my father and looked up to him. And, you know, that's where I got my ideas, you know, about what I'm going to do when I grew up because he was a teacher and he taught science. And I just thought he was a scientist. I said, oh, I want to be a scientist, <laughs> you know. But I didn't really understand, like, you know, the marriage uh, aspect, uh, you know, from looking at them, because then they got a divorce. And at first, you know what most kids think, you know, is it my fault? What did I do to cause them to break up? And it really affected me really, really bad. Um, And then in my teenage years, when I was in in, uh, high school, they decided to get back together. But he had gone and gotten remarried. Um, for about three years, got divorced, and then he came back to my mom and got remarried again. So I was like, wow. So, you know, I was happy to have him back in, um, in my life, but then he decided to get divorced again. <laughs> so it was an on and off thing. And so it's not like I had a lot of advice from my mom or my father about relationship, marriage, sex, communication, anything. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about it, we both come back, come from backgrounds. They really wouldn't say that you would be telling other people how to win in their relationship and how to have a great marriage and, you know, and, and talk about, you know, like what our first book was and it came out of the defining moment in our life. We came up with um, what we call the great divide. It's called communication, finance and sex. Mm-hmm. And that was our first book called marriage can win. Yeah. And you would think, wow, how could you, you know, uh, you know, write a book and, and come with all these tools and strategies. Well, hey, it comes from experiences. We've been together over 26 years and we went through every, you know, aspect of communication, finance, and sex. When we first met, we had great communication, yeah. right? And then when we both graduated from college, my wife was a pharmacist, I was an engineer, so our finances were great when we first got out, right? Absolutely. I mean, we would go and just spend money and we didn't care because it was all, we, you know, we were doing really well. Right. We ended up getting the house, we get getting the cars and all that. Yeah. But then uh, when it came to the sex, well, yeah. she was very inexperienced. Inexper- okay. I was very inexperienced. <laughs> so we had a big, big disconnect there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Two totally different pages. Yeah. <laughs> Two levels of expectations. Yes. And so, you know, uh, so the thing is, is that, you know, some people say, well, how can you be an expert on Well, we've experienced it. We've been trained 
and we've gone through every aspect that we, so, you know, we were like, okay, well, we want to do this right because we had been, we started out in the church um, and had been coaching and counseling couples, like premarital, um, you know, counseling. Uh, we've been doing that for about 15, almost 16 years now. Oh, wow. We decided to, to do it professionally. Mm-hmm. And it's been about six years, right, baby? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so now we're four books later. Um, and, uh, you know, so what? But, but got a lot to say. Yeah, we got a lot to say. <laughs> I'll say that. Like, uh, I'm here, so I don't know if you wanted to ask me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't interrupting. But it was, it was just honestly, a, a lot of it was knowing that if we are going through these challenges, there were other couples that were going through the challenges. And we were, we decided, you know, we've been working with couples in the church and here we are at the point where our marriage is struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to make a decision. You can't continue to help other marriages and yours falling apart. So we had to do the work, had to apply the principles that we were telling others to do, plus go and get connected with other, you know, pastors that were married, other leaders and have them pour into us and tell us where we were going wrong, what changes we needed to make, what strategies we needed to implement to get back on track. And that was a humbling process. Yes, it was. You know, you had to remove yourself from marriage ministry and everybody's like, what happened? We're like, you know, we, we got some stuff going on. <laughs> we got some work to do, yeah, you know, to but God has a plan. So, so how is that also a person? My parents are pastors and, and, you know, going to church all my life. I would see couples together and I'm like, y'all, it, it, I mean, now that I'm older, I'm like, it's, you got it's it appears as though they had it all together that they were right. so happy and then 30 years afterwards i see divorce and i'm like well what happened why do you think that talking about struggles within the marriage is still kind of like a cliche in christendom or period actually a lot of people don't like to talk about it i think a lot of times it's fear and pride you feel that because I'm this, I have this title, I'm in this position that I can't allow myself to be transparent and share with other people I'm having problems. Well, you know, reality check, we all have challenges. We all yeah. have problems. It's just the degree of transparency you want to have. And it wasn't that we want to hide this and deal with it privately. We dealt with it, but then we realized, okay, this can help someone else. Because if we're helping other other marriages and they're struggling and there some of them were in the church, some of them were outside of the church, you know, somehow it's an opportunity, you know, for us, it was an opportunity to be able to reach couples outside of the church. Their their marriages were in shambles. And then once we were able to help them come up with the strategies to help them get on one accord, then some of them were able to receive the word of God. You know, sometimes when your money is funny and, and there's no peace in your house, we try to talk to people about God. They're like, look, I don't want to hear that right, right now. You don't know. I got all hell breaking loose in my house. So we had to learn to, you know, OK, well, let's let's help get you to where you need to be. And then they start to say, OK, well, if you've been through this and you 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 know, and you're still, you know, honoring God. Heck yeah, I'm honoring God. If it were not for God, I would have lost my mind. Our marriage would have been out the window, yeah. <laughs> you know? So just having to, um, recognizing that, you know, there are people inside the church that are hurting and people outside the church. And we want to be able to reach both. The thing is, um, when you find people inside the church, mm-hmm. um, typically, 
there's not a lot of communication um, about their finances or sex. Um, you know, as they say, you know, that's something that everybody wants, but they don't want to talk about it in right. the church. Right. You don't hear it from the pulpit, you know, <laughs> but there's so that's much going on. Right? Like sex, you can't even, you, really, you would hear someone even say that in the church. Right. Absolutely. So that's why we like sex. <laughs> I'm like, you got here because of sex. <laughs> but I mean, now if we stay inside the confines of Christian, being a Christian, really, if you read the Bible, the Word of God, and if you just apply those principles, the truth of the Word, to your to your relationship, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the New Testament tells you something that you you can apply to your marriage. And that is, you love thy neighbor as you love thyself, and you love thy God with all your heart, your soul, and your body. But the most important one is love thy neighbor as you said. So in other words, my wife, I'm going to love her and treat her like I want to be treated. And if she would just love me and treat me how she wants to be treated, nobody's left out. Wow, that's good. That, I mean, that, that, that right there says it all. Yeah. You know, if we just do the basics. The basics. I love that. I love that. And we must do that. Even as a single person and even with my clients, I always would say, too, is that if you want to be, the Word of God says that going back to God and the Bible, it says that you want to be, if you want to be friendly, you have to show yourself friendly. Like, you have to be able to to um, be nice to yourself and be nice to others and get that in return. So that is so good that you said I want to go back a little bit about, um, you mentioned you had a book about communication, sex, and finance. All right. Do you think that those are the three main things why marriages dissolve? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, marriage, the marriages, um, when you talk about communication, finance, and sex, those what we call the great divide. It divides the relationship, and it ends up in failure. Communication being the primary one, because you have to communicate, um, you know, to really find out about your finances and about sex. Now, we apply this. Everybody says, oh, well, that's for marriages. No, singles. Here's where you need to apply. And if you go to our website, too, marriagescanwin.com, singles, there's there's um there's a page we have something that calls before you say I do, we have two columns up there that you you have a discussion with. One is about the values, mm-hmm. and one is about roles, like the role of the of the husband and the role of the wife. But but most importantly, on the values, I mean one of the most important discussions should be number one: Do you want to have kids? If so, how many? Number two. What religion do you practice? You know, and if you have different religions and you have kids, which religion are we going yeah, to teach our children? Hard. And which one is going to operate in our household? Mm-hmm. That is so yeah. important. And then you need to discuss about your finances. Oh yeah. And so, you know, that could be just simply like, well, you know, what do you what do you want to do in life? What are some of your goals? You know. Do you, do you want to have a home? Do you want to raise kids? Do you want to enjoy vacations? You know, what type of home? What type of cars? I mean, these are mostly important pieces. 
Now, let's take it back to the singles. This is why, I mean, we've been on this new uh, social media app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called Clubhouse. Yeah. It's by invitation only. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I was on there, and I was in some of these groups that were talking about, you know, relationships and, and, and stuff. So I get in, this, in the group, and I'm listening to all these women. They're, like, hating on black men, and then they're hating, they're hating marriage. And they're, I'm like, what? You know, I'm hating and I was like, well, you know, I'll bring it. Back. And I was giving out the advice because I was saying, hey, the most important aspect of America today is the family structure. Yeah. Without the family structure, that's that. so much chaos. That's why we have so many failed relationships, so many failed marriages. And that's why we have so many single women that are bitter and they're, uh, they've been hurt. And then because of men mistreating them. Mm-hmm. So we have the family structure where the man and the woman in the household, and the man um, teaches their kids, you know, about from the father aspect, and the woman from the mother aspect teaches their kids. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit. So when we talk about communication aspect as a single person, we want to find out, because it's just like an interview. You want to interview for the, for the perfect job, right? You know, sometimes we just want to get the most bang for our bucks. We want to make as much money. But we want to find out if this is going to be a long-term job, right? So we want to know if it has career growth. growth. Um, am I going to enjoy it? You know, it has certain benefits. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about as a single person, we do want to date, but we want to ask questions. We want to find out if this person has some values that line up with my values, and if they have some, if they have, if their vision is going the same direction as my vision. What we're looking for is we want to, and we're not looking for competition, you know, because there was also um, some groups in there that said, what if the woman makes more money than the man, you know? It's not a competition because this is why. As the woman, you're looking for a man that you can join together because women, women have very many strengths. You're gifted, you're talented, and you have strengths, um, but you also have weaknesses, men. Men have a, a, a whole bunch of gifts, strengths, talents, and gifts. But men also have weaknesses. Right. But when you put that, that gifted woman together and that gifted man together, wow, you become a power couple. You can come together and you can build a family. You can build and protect wealth. You can build a legacy. And then you will have a, such an awesome uh, family structure and a family relationship and family um, marriage that is so awesome, you now have happiness and joy. Yeah. You see? But when you, when you, and also, you got to watch out for those red flags. Oh, yes, yes. Don't yes. ignore those red flags. Yeah. Because you yeah. don't want to spend and invest your emotions and, and your time into yeah. a person and you ignore those red flags in the beginning and six months down the line, you find out they don't want to have kids. And you want, you can, you just can't wait to have kids. You already got the names of the children you want. And he's like, I don't want to have no kids. You know? And he's like, well, oh, okay, maybe one. But then you're like, well, I, and you find out he don't want to get married. Mm. So, you know, six months down the line, you develop feelings and emotions for this person. And there are some big, you know, red flags. And, and 
deal breakers. Yeah, you have lots of you wind up having lots of division in a relationship because the value systems don't line up. And you're when you it's important to communicate your expectations. We tell couples always make sure you express what you expect. We have a lot of couples where they're upset and frustrated with one another. But how can you expect someone to meet a need that you have not expressed to them? Your partner is not a mind reader. You know, if you if you go and you sit down in a restaurant, you expect to be served. But is the waiter just going to look at you and tell you, right? Oh, well, they want steak. No, you have to tell them what you want. You want to have an amazing experience. So you're going to communicate that to them. So the same thing in your relationship. You're investing time. You're investing, you know, energy, emotions. But let them know, you know. So. I am I am just loving this and taking notes. I hope you guys, I see you in the comments. I hope you guys are taking notes. And one of the things that I love about you guys is this, is that you guys share. When you communicate, both of you are sharing because usually the woman has all to say about marriages because usually men don't talk about marriages, their struggles. So how how is it that you came about to talk and be in the front with and partner with your wife to talk about marriages, Eric. How is it that you're standing here doing this? Well, you know, and that's why being together 26 years, we, you know, we have become a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my wife's strengths and I know her weaknesses. She knows my strengths and I know, and she knows my weaknesses and we complement each other. Yeah. But we have gone through all aspects of you know, when we talk about communication, finance, and sex, yeah. we've gone through all of that. We've 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 gone through like even our, our most recent book called Struggling to Keep the Vows. Yeah. Um, we have gone through that, yeah. and we 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 pretty much are like um, two. You know, you know the saying two peas in the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always together, and it's like we don't want to be without each other. Period. From the time when we started dating, I told my wife, I say, "Look, baby, I just want you in, yeah. in, in in my environment." Remember? Yeah, I thought. Oh, used to think that was weird. He'd be studying. He's like, "I want you to come over." I'm like, "Well, I got to study." He's like, "Well, just bring your stuff and study over here." I'm like, "Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I don't think so." And he's like, "No, seriously, just come." And I'd be there. I'm on one side of the couch, and he's on the other, just doing his work. He's like, "I just want." your presence we don't have to talk i just want to have you here with me and i was like okay this is interesting but i mean it's that was kind of a pattern of how our relationship developed because we spent so much time talking and getting to know one another even when we have disagreement i can get mad at him i'm like look i'm mad at you right now as my husband but as my friend i need to talk to you yeah. and we had to it's it's a process it didn't happen overnight i'm not lying to anybody it's a process because yeah. i wasn't always like let's talk about it I, you know i had my go zero to 100 moments real real quick but as you get older you learn you know what we are in this for the long haul we've been through a lot we can't allow minor things minor temporary situations whether we call it can't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation so we have to realize okay yes i'm mad at you yes you're frustrating me just give me a little minute you go in your safe zone i'm gonna go in my safe zone we calm down and then after a while i was like i want to talk to my best friend i'm not i'm mad at my husband but my best friend you know i want to share a joke with him or something i saw on the internet like look 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 at this look at this and next thing you know we're laughing we're like okay well just in the future this is how this made me feel you know, just make sure in the future that you're mindful of X, Y, and Z. And he, he'll do the same to me. And we just have to be mindful. None of us are perfect. 
Right. You know, this is how it's going to work is communicating. I had to learn. Uh-oh. I had to learn. And we had to learn. Now, I won't go to love languages yet. But I had to learn how to effectively communicate with her. Yeah. And she had to learn. Because sometimes, you know, like we always said, jump rope mentality. Oh. You're waiting for a point so you can jump in and tell them how bad they are. <laughs> you know, she had, you know, egos, we both. Okay. And she had to also learn. You know, okay, let me listen to what he's saying. It's not all about Sakisha. Let me listen to him. And then I had to learn to I had to learn to that I had to listen to to Mm Sakisha and let her get it all out. Mm -hmm. And we had discussed before because women like to give you a book when they're explaining their feelings and men can only take barely a paragraph, you know. (laughs) But I had to learn. And sometimes I try to like, hey, I, I, can I just get the paragraph? And she gets mad when I say, can I just get the paragraph? But I'm, I, I, you know, I, you know, basically I'm gonna have to try and get some pen and paper to take notes when you when you try to explain to me. But I had to learn to listen to her. Right. And of course, we we develop some tools and strategies when it comes to um, communicating and effective communicating. Right. Um, you know, because when we we've learned too when emotions get high. Yeah. Then there's what? Low intelligence. <laughs> and sometimes when it must be really high, there's no, no. intelligence. <laughs> and what we mean by that is when you're really angry and you're, you're starting to scream and yell at each other, you're not thinking about what you're saying. All you're trying to think about is how can I hurt them? What can I say to get back at them? I want to win this argument. Yeah. So your as your intellectual is not thinking, oh, that's going to really hurt her, yeah. or that's not going to really hurt him. I'm going to hit their their their, their ego, and I'm going to hit their you know soul. It's going to really hurt them. Yeah. So that's why we have to come with a a, a keyword, yeah. a timeout. You yeah. know. And if we can't just verbally speak to each other, then we got to write it down. Yeah. Okay. We have to. Yeah, we have to come together and write it down. Yeah. So, 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 grown folks have timeout in marriages as well. Yeah. Yes. We had to do that to save your marriage because if not, you're hurling all kinds of insults. He's saying stuff because he's mad at you. You're saying stuff to kind of one up one another, and you're winding up pretty much competing against one another. Who can hurt each other more? But in that main same instance, you're building up a brick wall that's dividing the two of you, and you're no longer unified. So you can't just reach through that brick wall. You have to try to tear it down because depending on how long it's been going on, that wall could be like here and this deep. And you're like, it's going to take so much more to tear that wall down in order to get it to a point where you trust each other again. So we had to learn, you know what, before we say something that offends one another, before we do something that we can't take back, because you mm-hmm. can say, I'm sorry, all you want, but it's going to take a while for that person to regain your trust. So we learned, okay, you know, we have our little safe word. That means like going in neutral corner, just calm down. And if you're still angry a little bit, start writing it down. Because once you write it down and you read it and look at it, you're like, you know, that was kind of silly. Well, you know, maybe I ought to rethink that. So then you can either, if you're still that upset, he can read it. She, you know, I can read it. But if not, we're able to at least talk about it now because that gives your brain a chance to process what's going through your mind, what your emotions are like at that moment. And do you really still feel that way? Right. You know, is it just the heat of the moment? So, yeah. 
Wow, Joyce, Jeanette Williams is saying, oh, yeah, you have to practice time out, but we were not allowed to go to bed angry. <laughs> She's talking about her and her husband. Yeah. I, I didn't know um, marriage folks have time out. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My list, honey, we got to go time out. <laughs> got to go to writing. Okay, so you, I love that. So what if you said to time out? Mm-hmm. Um, write it down. What are some other things that marriages, people, you, you know, who are having conflict, you know, in their marriage, what other things that they can do to get where both are hearing their each other once again? You can have ground rules, which yeah. is what we usually have with co- conflict resolution. Right. Just, you know, if you're having that conversation, you know, you come up with a set of ground rules, you know, no interrupting the other person. So that way you're really intentional you know avoid the jump rope mentality you can't just sit there kind of just waiting to jump in you got to give them your full attention you know and then also make sure you have no outside influences no cell phone no tv no computer no instagram none of that no distractions send the kids to grandma's if you need to so you can have a full-out discussion where the two of you can be fully present now also um because we really need to um, what the most important piece of communication is listening. Yeah. Not always talking, because everybody can talk, <laughs> but listening. Yeah. So we have what we call the repetition method. Oh, yeah. Right? So basically, um, you know, Sakisha tells me, hey, you know, I need for you to listen. You know, I, uh, I need for you to take the trash out every day at 4 o'clock, you know, um, so it doesn't smell up the house. And uh, and our, you know, I, I just heard, oh, she want me to take the trash out, you know. But so did I make sure that I understand what she's saying. I said, so what I heard you say, sweetheart, you want me to take the trash out every day uh, at four o'clock? Is that correct? That's correct. So now wow. we've established yes. that I was actually listening to her this time, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I was I was doing the Charlie Brown method where she was talking. All I heard was. Wow, 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 wow. I'm just looking like I'm listening, but actually, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about the football game getting ready to come on. Yeah. Because she wants to talk right before the game. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so in order to make sure, because it could be something important, like, baby, come pick me up from work. I have to get to this other appointment. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I deal, I'm thinking about the game. Now, if I wasn't listening, right. I didn't pick her up. She missed a very important, you know, appointment. So, so I said, baby, so I heard you say you want me to pick you up from work because you got a very important meeting. Is that right? Correct. Good. Then I'm going to put this in my phone to, yeah. to remind me. But if I just blew her off, like, wah, 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 and I'm going on my life, and she expected me to pick her up. Now, tell me, if, if you missed a very important, you would be very, very upset. Yeah. I love the repetition method. That is, That can solve a lot of problems. Yeah, yes, and yes. it gives you an opportunity to clarify anything. So if they say something that's not what you said, it's at that point you say, no, honey, what I wanted you to understand was blah, 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 you know, versus just letting it just letting it go and then having a huge explosion later on. You can correct it right then and there. Make sure, not correct, clarify it right then and there. Make sure you're on the same page going forward. Is it perfect? Yeah. No, but it minimizes those huge blow-ups yeah. and misunderstandings because you're talking about it, you're both present, you're both intentional, you're both focused. Now, if I can go back to, you know, <laughs> being the singles, 
this is why it's important. Like people say, oh, your book's about marriage. Well, communication, finance, and sex. Now we got to communicate about finances, right? And here's why it's important. Mm -hmm. Because if Sakisha and I had knew about our finances, what we know now, 20 years ago, just from our insurances and annuities, we would be multimillionaires. Just from that. Not from any businesses or anything. We would have to work a day in our life, and we'd be multimillionaires for the rest of our life. And here's why. So we want to communicate about. So you said you want to have kids, right? Yes. How many? Two. Great. So, you know, when, you know, as far as you want to get a home, yes, I want to get at least 4,000 square foot home. I want to live in Florida. I want to, you know, want to live in this neighborhood. I want to drive these cars and I want to retire early. I don't want to be working all the rest of my life. Oh, okay. Well, great. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get, uh, so we're going to get what we call index universal life insurances. We're both going to get them. We're going to fully fund those now. So that means this is an insurance policy. Everybody's used to the term life insurance policies. And that's the old insurance because it's so cheap. Yeah, I can get $500,000 for $20 a month. Yeah, but the thing is, it, it doesn't accumulate any value. The only way somebody gets any money is you have to die. These insurances give you three um, three aspects, three three different ways of value to you. Number one, it accrues in value. Number two, while you're living, if you get sick, if you get a terminal, critical, or chronic illness, you can pull up to 90% of the value of your insurance out tax-free. Number three, it gives you a death benefit that you can pass on to your um, your beneficiary, so you can continually to take care of them. So we have that. So let's say we're going to fully fund our insurance policies, say about 10 years, right? So in 10 years, we fully fund those. We will have a cash value of typically, just as estimated, up to maybe like $100,000, $150,000 in 10 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then we're going to have a baby. Oh my gosh, we got, we got a baby. So right then and there, we're going to start that right there for that baby. So the baby, by the time that baby in 15 years, they're going to have probably over 150, maybe close to $180,000. So now that insurance policy, we can pull out that $160,000 or maybe $80,000 and leave the other 80 to accumulate. Let's pull out $80,000 and pay for the education. Boom. The education is paid for from an insurance policy, right? Yeah. So they go to, they, they, they go to school for four years. And that, that will pay for their master's degree. So six years later, they graduate. They say, wow, mom, dad, I want to buy my first house. Well, that's fine. Let's pull it, let's pull out your insurance policy. Now they had 80,000 left in there. Now since then, six years later, it has built up to probably another $180,000. Ooh, they can go, you know, either if they have a, uh, they want to get a townhouse or whatever, they got the down payment. They got money to fully furnish it. They got money to get their own cars. Boom. So now they, you got an insurance policy mm-hmm. that it accumulated. It got them educated free. It got them a brand new house and cars free. And they still have, if something happens to them, they have a, 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 a death benefit that they can pass on to their, their kids. Yeah. And that's just so simple. That's just insurances. Right. Now, you know, real quick, there are also ways where you can actually leverage, um, $3 to the $1 you put in. And then by the time you retire, let's say you want to retire in 15 years, 
you can retire 15 years and for the rest of your life, you can withdraw uh, tax-free income. Yeah. You know? so that's just one, um, just a portion of what we communicate with that's our clients. So when we're helping them with their communication, you got to help them with their finances. And also we talked about with the, with the sex part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can just expound on the sex. Um, so you got to talk about the sex because like, like with my wife, I could be kissing her in her ear, right? <laughs> a year goes by and she said, baby, stop. I'm like, what's the matter? She said, I hate when you kiss me in my ear. She said, it makes me feel like a little puppy. It turns me off. <laughs> like for a whole year, I've been doing this thinking I'm turning you on and you could have just like, communicated that to me. Mm-hmm. Got to communicate it. Yeah. And here's the thing. You got to explore each other. So you start from the toes and work this way all up and you explore and find out what pleases you and what doesn't. So that way you, the, the other person doesn't have a negative experience when it comes to sex. They only have positive experiences because now you know what makes them feel good. Wow, that is so good. That is, I agree with you, Joyce. That is so good. And you talk about knowing what your spouse likes or dislikes. How important is identifying and knowing your spouse's love language? Oh, that's really, really key. That's one of the things that helped save our marriage. Um, like with my husband, I was one, I was one of those wives. If you vacuum the house, you put away the dishes. <clears throat> You can get whatever you want. <laughs> but, you know, I I just felt like, you know, that that act of service, that was it for me. That's yeah. where I was raised. That's what I learned. But for him, it was physical touch. But unknowingly, if I'm talking to him or communicating to him in my love language, I'm not speaking love to him at all. Right. So he was just kind of like, okay, you did that and. You know, it wasn't serving him. It wasn't any benefit for him. And as a matter of fact, he was turned off because he didn't care about acts of service. So that was a, a huge uh, a talent in our marriage that we had to overcome because I just kept, I would make sure the house was clean, kids stuff taken care of. I'm thinking I'm just the bomb.com wife. And he was just like, no, not even touching the surface. That's not what I want. Yeah. You know, I need some physical touch. And when I grew up, I didn't see that in my household. My mom and my dad, I think, I never even saw them kiss till after they were divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, figure that, mm-hmm. you know. I saw them kiss one time after they were divorced. So to me, physical touch and affection, it wasn't a huge part of my family, how I grew up. So that's why it's important to communicate with your spouse yeah. to find out what, find out what's their love language, what speaks love to them, and then be intentional mm-hmm. about doing that. Because I could keep going on and on. You know, he could... You know, buy me expensive gifts, of course, I'll take them. But, you know, <laughs> that if that's not your um, your love language, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, thank you. So yeah. you just have to make sure that you're being intentional. If not, that can be a huge division in your relationship. And I used to do that, and it wasn't your love language. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, why do you want to take it back? Yeah. I used to buy her diamond necklaces <laughs> and expensive Brahma purses with the matching wallets, and she's like, you take it back. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Language, right? <laughs> and, uh, I was, you know, I had a totally different mindset. That's why you got to communicate. I'm like, look, we're trying to get a house. I want new furniture. I'm not trying to have a big purse unless I have a bunch of, I want an expensive purse and not a lot of money to put it in or not a bed to sleep in or not a couch to sit on. So mm-hmm. as much as I love that purse, as much as I love that diamond necklace until I get this house furnished, no. 
So we had to start having those conversations because to him as a husband, he took it as rejection. He yeah. took it as my not appreciating exactly. him. And I was just like, no, I'm trying to be wise and look at our money. But if you're not having those conversations here, he's over here thinking you don't appreciate him. You're, you know, just rude. And I'm just kind of like, hey, I'm looking out for us. So you've got to make sure that you're expressing what you expect, having those intentional conversations and letting them know, you know, this is how I feel about it. It's not that I don't appreciate it. This is what my focus is on. So. And of course, the love languages changes over yeah. time, and and they did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Because even as a single person, I'm always doing personality tests and and also the love language. And I'm like, I thought I was this change over time. And you guys said something. I think um, Dr. Sakisha, you said um, express to expect. I think that is. So good because you would be thinking one way, but you're expecting something else from your spouse, and that creates conflict as well. So um, I am just loving this. And one of the things that I love and I wanted to really feature you guys because your marriage doesn't have to be dissolved. There's a there's there's another option. You right. can you guys can go if you're watching or if you were watching the replay marriagescanwin.com and 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 um what would you say to someone because for me I want to refer people who are also in a good marriage because I believe that when you're in a good marriage you to keep it good yeah. you need to keep investing in yourself and I know you guys have a lot of programs and things to keep people plugged in is your programs and um, things that you guys do is it just for someone who has a broken marriage or is it for all marriages no we, we we look at it like a, a vehicle right yeah. so the vehicle runs um, optimum when you buy it brand new but you know you have like every three thousand or five thousand dollars you got to get an oil change you got to get the filters changed you got to put gas in it so we have materials just for that. We have, like, even for our marriage can win workbook, we have, we have a workbook that gives you assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see where you are in your communication, your finances, and your sex. And then we, we have the audio book so you can listen to the book yeah. while you're working, you know, and you're busy professionals or you're just busy doing day-to-day chores. You can listen to the book and it's always giving you tools and strategies. Yeah. And our most recent book, Struggling to Keep the Vows, is the same way. Yeah. We just released our workbook, and it's actually global now. Um, you can actually get the workbook globally. Um, and we have an audio book as well. But if you go to marriagescanwin.com, you can buy the book, the workbook, and the audio book. And it's all going to be discount prices. If you buy it on our website, we can also sign the, on the books. You have a signed copy. But if you go out to, like, Barnes & Noble, um, Amazon, or or I mean, it's, it's it's everywhere on the internet now. It'll be a full price. It'll be a, a much more expensive, but it'll ship it right directly to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's the thing is, is that if you want a fine-tuned car, if you want a fine-tuned marriage, even if you think that your marriage is awesome and you have no problems, you should at least get a book and read up on it. So. And, and take an assessment 
because you will find out that maybe it's just not on one accord on certain things. If they if they think everything is perfect, they're not being honest. Right. Um, every marriage has their own set of challenges, and who you are, who we are at 22 years into marriage is different from who we are at one year, five years, ten years. We're constantly growing, constantly evolving, and we have to to do that checkup to see where we are. You know, we look at things now like the desires and the plans that we have for our life now have changed drastically from when we first got together. But we wouldn't know that know that if we didn't do those two, those regular checkups to see where we are, always asking one another, what can I do better for you or to better meet right. your needs? And that sometimes that's a simple question because we get on autopilot that we don't even think about it. We just automatically assume everything is everything and we don't know hey, a pandemic has hit. My spouse, is, we've been locked in this house for a long time. You know, their mood is shifting. Some things are going on. If you're not constantly having those conversations, you're not going to know. It's not like you're doing it to nag them, but you're right. doing it because I love you. I want to make sure that things are, are going right. Whether your car, you could have that car that you've had for a long time, but you still need to get a checkup, making sure yeah. there's nothing going on underneath the hood that you can't see. Because those things that are going on underneath that you can't see can be far more detrimental than some of those things that are, you know, that are right there that you can address quickly. So it's really important to invest in your relationship. And at, at marriagescanwin.com, we have a variety of tools and strategies and books and resources. Yeah. And we have it for all aspects of relationships. Now, we even have a singles guide for men, a yeah. singles dating guide for men, a singles dating guide for women. Yeah. We have, um, uh, we actually have where you can get a free needs analysis uh, for your finances mm -hmm. to see where you are and what you need to invest in when it comes to insurances or, or retirement yeah. funds. Um, we have um, and if you're at that point where you're about to get a divorce, we have two books. Yeah. We have one called 911, Help Me Stop My Divorce. And we got one that's called Help Me Save My Marriage. Yeah. And this will talk to you and tell you these are ebooks that you can download directly from our website. Yeah. They, will, they will let you um, be aware of the cost of getting a divorce and all aspects. And look, have you really just looked at why your argument? What is the source of this? Why are you looking to get a divorce? Yeah. Now, one important aspect of any, any of these resources, they won't work unless you both put the effort in. Yeah. Because if one is saying, yeah, I want to save my relationship or I'm looking to get, you know, to get married. And the other one's like, I'm not even thinking about it or I don't want to do it. It's not going to work. Right. But the resources are there. And then we ha we have it on multiple platforms. Why wow, that's so good. Um, I want you guys to share what you have coming up, and also once you're done with that, I want you to encourage those who are in a marriage and um, who need some encouragement. Because I saw some statistics, even because we're in a pandemic, that the um, the marriage rate of separation and domestic violence has went up because husbands and wives are just tired of looking at each other because they lost the communication like they they don't know who who they're living with right because they're seeing each other every day so I want you guys to share that so I'm going to give you guys the screen share it with them and also don't forget you guys told me and I'm going to get a couple of my single girlfriends together 
But please tell my audience about what you have coming up for singles. And I'm going also to check out that list for the singles that, that um, Max was just talking about. Because the thing is with me, because I'm preparing for marriage, I love investing in marriage material. So that when my husband comes, whenever he comes, I'm going to be like, here, I have all the <laughs> <laughs> we got work to do <laughs> together, you know, together. But um, please share what is, what is it that you have coming up? Also talk, you know, you, you shared that you have four books and they can go on the website. And then also if you can close with encouraging those in marriages tonight. All right. Well, actually, we have uh, quite a few things coming up now. We, oh, just, yeah. we just released our fourth book, which is called Struggling to Keep the Vows. Uh, we released the audio version for those of you that are mompreneurs that might be homeschooling your kids that, you know, might not have the time to just sit down and, and read it. But you can listen to it maybe while the kids are taking a nap. And for those of you that are like, you know what, I, gr- I love reading the book, but I want some more tools and strategies, we released the workbook to go along with it. So that way, you know, you can, we took it and we broke it into five different areas where couples really, really experience challenges. And we give you some tools and strategies. We give you some quizzes to make sure that you're understanding the information. So that's available. Um, we have our next Vow to Victory Summit that's going to be released um, in January of 2021. So that was a powerful virtual summit where we had um, speakers um, from all over talking about various topics, be it sex, um, relationships, forgiveness, finance. So we're going to be launching Vow to Victory 2.0, the Faith, Family, and Finance Edition. Um, we're releasing our Marriage Can Win um, Academy. That is going to be launched in January of 2021 as well. But what we do have going on currently is I have a group for wives. It's called Winning Wives Pray. And every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., we have a different wife on either uh, providing prayer, a form of encouragement. We're not here to sell you anything. It's just an environment where as wives, we are constantly pouring out to our spouses, to our children, on our jobs and our businesses. And sometimes we pour out so much, we need to be replenished ourselves. So in that environment, it's on Facebook. It's Winning Wives Pray. You just click, you know, join. And every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., you'll find that word of encouragement specifically for wives. We're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about business. We're talking about people that are dealing with grief. You know, they're, you know, wives that need to increase their prayer life. So there's so much going on. We want wives to be able to finish 2020 strong. So we, I wanted the wives to know, look, I've been there. I know what it's like to pour out so much that you just feel depleted to the point where you're like, I can't go any longer. So we wanted that environment such that the wives can just come in, click, you know, log in and be poured into. And you can go back and watch the other teachings as well. Um, Share about what each book is about. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Start with the first one. <laughs> okay. Pull it up and show it. <laughs> oh, I love my instructor. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's do it his way. Our first book was Marriage Can Win, and it deals with what we call the Great Divide, which is challenges with communication, finances, and sex. Um, the second book was um, Girl, nope. it was Girl Get Up and Win. That was a, a collaboration that I did with um, a bunch of other young ladies. The third one is called Wife Material. Wife material. So it'll teach you a lot for those that are either already wives or wanting to be wives, it gives you the perspective of about, I think, 
11 different authors, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then our last book that we released, which was Struggling to Keep the Vows, and that one is a combination. Um, we co we collaborated. We had nine other people join in. So you won't, you're not going to just get Eric and Dr. Fakisha's perspective. Right. Um, we have a licensed psychotherapist who was a part of our book. And we had uh, several other couples that, you know, various age ranges and different phases in their lives all give their um, transparencies in regards to their marriages, their challenges they've had to overcome and strategies that they use. So, it's an amazing book. It's really transparent. Um, and that book is in three forms. And that's, we have the workbook, mm -hmm. we have the physical book, mm -hmm. and we have the audio book. Yeah. Right. Now, and so what we do, we also try to, uh, we have shows. We have the, we have the Marriage Can Win show oh, that we do that. live here on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, which one? And Facebook, yes. Yeah. Um, but we also have two radio shows mm -hmm. on the Love Radio Network. Mm -hmm. The first show is called The Marriage Can Win Show, which we have every Tuesday night at nine o'clock on the Love Radio Network. Now you can also just download the app and listen from your phone. Yeah. Just go into the loveradionetwork.com and download the app. Now you can also listen, um, by tuning in on Alexa. Yeah. You just say enable Love Radio Network. I'm not gonna say it. Don't say it too loud. Alexa, it'll turn come Alexa, on. come on! <laughs> we start the radio blasting. Right, the radio will be blasting. But you can listen to it there. And so the the second show is called Date Night with the Hylix, and we talk about single dating and different ways of dating. Um, and that's one every Friday and Saturday night from eight to nine o'clock, and it comes yeah. on right before Midnight Love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's. Oh, also, we have a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the podcast is it's like 24-7. Everywhere you name it, it's mm -hmm. on there. We've been on Pandora. Um, we're on uh, iHeart Network. We're on Apple, Google, Apple, Google, Apple Amazon, Anchor. Anchor. Some you can stuff. just go to marriagecanwinpodcast.com, and, and that'll get you to Anchor. But we're... You just Google it. We're everywhere. <laughs> and we have about 66 shows, and we just celebrated that we're in four different countries now, the 66 shows. And we talk about every topic, finances. We talk about um, what I really think is the most important uh, aspect of America is the family structure. Mm -hmm. I keep emphasizing that because our family structure has just, mm -hmm. just crashed. I mean, give you a quick statistic, in the 60s, uh, a child used to be born to about 70% um, of a two-parent uh, family. And now it's about, what, 40%? In the 40%. In the 40% that a child is born to a two-parent family. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, and that's, that's really, you know, causing the family that's structure to suffer. And, but the thing is, even if you have two-parent, you know, family, you have to be able to teach um, respect and, and know about the the um the boyhood and and the girlhood you know the stages of life you have oh, to yeah. really teach and drill that into your children and impart into them. You're listening to the Love Radio Network worldwide. worldwide. LoveRadioNetwork.com educational, inspirational, trending topics, and the hottest hit. With award-winning talk show host and personality. And you made us number one. Thank you. Love Radio Network. Building a network of love.